So today I'm wrapping up my Unstuck series about moving beyond mediocrity. And, uh, and in today's message, I'm, I'm talking about uh, getting unstuck regarding your future. It was funny because as I was preparing, just kind of putting the finishing touches on this message this weekend, that the media reminded me of what happened one year ago this week. Do you guys remember a year ago? Well, I definitely do. I was in town for an event, and and we were we were doing an event through through the mayor's office, and 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 uh, and the weather just started turning a little bit bad, and then it was about three o'clock in the afternoon, and they canceled the event. And so I was here, and please understand, I didn't live here at the time. I lived an hour out, and so so we were. I was here, and 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 it's just it's just like, well, I'm not going to try to rush back. Uh, Preston has an apartment here. I'll just spend the night here, and because actually, and I actually couldn't think of it. I tried. I tried to leave, and I looked on the on the little radar thing. Thank goodness we have the Google Maps that show you where all the traffic is, and like everything was snarled. I mean, there was no way. Just I thought, well, I'm just going to take all the back roads back home. And so I spent about about 45 minutes just getting to uh, just just getting out just to the edge of Fort Worth. And I thought this is this is going to take forever. Uh, people are driving crazy. They're driving insane. So I I came back and stayed at Preston's apartment. And the next morning, I mean, there was like ice everywhere. It was it was our big ice storm. We get really excited when those things happen around here in Texas. And so so we, we were all excited about that. But then we found ourselves stuck and really stuck because this thing, you guys remember, the ice just kept piling up and pile, piling up. And it was it was miserable. Good thing is we had four-wheel drive. And so I, I took uh, Preston and Devin and Ian, who were all with me, Rebecca was at home and eventually with no heat in the house and so she was trying she was making fires and all that and we were out here couldn't help her except saying hello baby and and then and and we were we were we were stuck here in town it was just what do you do no, restaurants weren't open because nobody would open finally finally one restaurant opened up it was chipotle but they only had like two kinds of meat you could choose from and so you know for us and we either had that ve- veggie um, you know, veggie burritos, and I'm sorry, yeah, if you like veggie burritos, good for you, but no, not me. And being so being stuck was kind of tough, and, and what do you do? So, so we, we thought, well, let's, let's come over here, came over here to the, the new plaza, and, and the, the lights were on. It was just slick ice everywhere. The tree was beautiful, and, and we just went out there and thought, we're the only people here. We're the only people in downtown, and, and there was one security guard out there, you know, you gotta love those security guys, and so we just went out there and just did like just just ice skating, just playing out there for the longest time. But we were stuck, and it was not fun being stuck. And we were all kind of stuck that weekend. And 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 it it was good when the ice finally melted. We were able to get unstuck, and that made us grateful for for uh, just for a little bit of warmer weather. And also grateful that we live here in Texas because we don't have to deal with that very often. But but that ice storm a year ago reminded me of what it's like to be stuck. And if you remember what it was like those days, it probably wasn't much fun. Cabin fever sets in with me after six hours. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15 if you have a Bible today. Um, and I want to ask you this question. Are you worried about your future? While you get your Bibles open to Luke 15, I want to ask you this question. Are you worried about your future? In fact, I, I was researching for this message, and I researched that, that question. I found some polls on that question that had just been asked to a large group of people. And, and, and looking at the polling data, 81% of the people who responded to the poll said, yes, I'm worried about my future. 81%. And they listed a lot of the reasons, and it's, it's interesting. Some of the reasons that were listed were this, is I worry about my parents getting older and passing away someday. 
I worry about finances. Another said, I worry about finding a girlfriend or a wife one day. I remember I worried about that until I finally was like, okay, this is now, now I know what I've got here. So I quit worrying about that. But, but those are real worries. I worry about getting sick. I worry about my anxiety never going away. Here's one that says this. It says, yes, I'm, also exclu- I'm almost exclusively worried about whether I will find a well-paying job when I get out of school and how I'm ever going to pay off my student loans. Another person responded with the question back, says, I have a future? And that was the responses. I mean, some of you might be able to identify with some of these responses, and you actually feel stuck when you start thinking about your future. And usually the reason why someone begins to feel stuck regarding their future is because they're actually stuck right now. You're stuck with your job. You're stuck in your financial situation. You're stuck in loneliness. You're stuck even in your faith, or you're stuck in your family situation. And, and really, that's what this whole series has been about. But, but it's important to know this. Your present is not your future. I mean, God sees your future differently. God has a hope. God has a plan. And God wants you to see your future the way that He sees your future. And, and we have to, have to learn to trust His plan. In fact, in fact, Solomon stated it well. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, Solomon said this. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. Now, now look at that. Look at that. There's the action word there is trust. That's what we're actually supposed to do. That's the action. We trust, but we don't just trust what's going on around us. We trust God, and, and we're supposed to do it with all of our hearts. And then he says, don't just trust your own thoughts. Now, this is coming from the wisest man who ever walked the face of the earth, with the exception of Jesus Christ. I would say he would have some pretty good thoughts. But he's saying here, hey, don't trust your own thoughts or emotions or the nudges that you feel. Trust what God is saying with all your heart. And then he says what we're supposed to do is is submit our actions, submit our routines, submit the things that we do to him, and then God begins to straighten things out for us. In fact, he says he'll make our paths straight. And really a good picture of that is 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 a contrast that that I that I've experienced. See, I I've always had it as an item on my bucket list to drive an Autobahn in Europe. I mean, have, have you ever done that? You've driven on an Autobahn in Europe. Oh, yeah. Okay, good, good. How many of you would love to just do that? You would love to. I'll tell you, it is fun. It is fun. I have done it. And, and coming from, you know, Texas farm-to-market roads, which you just never really know what that is. It's, it's like you see a little sign. It has a number on it. It says Texas FM. It's like, well, I don't really know what this is going to do for me. It'll take you up and down around things. And, and through Texas, some of those farm-to-market roads take you through water and take you, take you all over the place. They're, they're not the kind of roads that you typically just, just really get going on. They're just Texas farm-to-market roads. And, and you have those, and then you have the Autobahn. And spending most of my life on Texas farm-to-market roads and then the European Autobahn, that's just like, that's the ultimate. And so I, I had the opportunity to drive on an Autobahn in Belgium and in France and in Germany. And I'll just tell you what it's like. 
Those roads are straight. They're well-maintained. You can go at a high speed, and you don't have to stop. And, and there's, there is some aggression on those roads. They're, they're, you, you realize that, that the people over there actually, especially people in Germany, they know a lot more about driving than we even as Americans do. So don't get too proud here because, because man, I tell you what, they fly down that road, and you had better be in your right lane when they're flying by. And, and I would have it pegged out driving, oh, you know, 150 or 180 kilometers per mile, and then and here comes someone flying back past me, and I don't have any idea how fast they're going. And I'm trying to calculate it in my head, like, how fast am I going in miles? And, 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 and it's just, it was just fun. It's just fun driving on an Autobahn. Uh, but that's really what God wants for us. He's saying, I want to make you a straight Autobahn path. I want to get you off the Texas farm-to-market road that's taking you around in circles and by the ranches and, and going through the, the cattle. And I want to get you on the Autobahn. Now, I'd like to say that I have it all together with this, but the truth is I don't. I get stuck. I get stuck quite a bit, too. And, uh, and as I was thinking about this, I've narrowed it down to some reasons why I get stuck. And one of the reasons I get stuck is because I worry. And in fact, we all worry. We all do it from time to time. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor or educated or uneducated. We worry. And worry will get us stuck every time. I mean, I do it. Worry gets me stuck. What happens is that it's when I start worrying, I find myself get depressed or, or get discouraged, and then you can't sleep, and, and, and you're up thinking about things, and, and then, then I start to get short with people. And, and then when I realize it, when I, someone finally will pull it out of me, like, what's wrong? I'll say the word worry, and as soon as I say the word worry, then I realize, okay, I've already messed up because worry changes nothing. Worry only makes you sick, and it keeps you stuck. So when I'm worried, I can't take action, and some of you might be experiencing that. Another reason that I get stuck is, is I, I tend to do this when I, get, when I just, like, assume things, where I, I don't really dig deeper. Um, I, I'm the type of person that I, I like headlines. I like to look at the headlines, and sometimes, most well, a lot of the time, I don't read the detail. I like the headlines. I'm a headline person. I said, hey, give it to me in one statement. I like the headlines. But sometimes as a result of that, I will assume things. And then that will cause me to kind of seize up and get stuck. In fact, there are a couple of different ways that assuming can get us stuck. And for me, mine, it tends to be what I call overconfidence. It's like I, I think I maybe I think I've communicated something clearly and I, I'm confident that it's that's clearly understood or whatever, and then I move on and it doesn't happen and, and, and I was overconfident and then I'm stuck because things didn't happen. Or or even worse, sometimes I'll put a date on something. By this date, this is going to happen, and here's where it's going to be this is the way it's going to look and and then it doesn't happen and I get get frustrated and and things fall through and I don't like that and that's that overconfidence it's just it's assuming things there's another way of assuming and it's the flip side of it and it's called negative assumptions and uh, and a lot of uh, you know a lot of people just have this this filter of negativity and where well, they'll say words like, I'll never be happy, I'll never have the finances, I'll never have a family, I'll never have a good job, or I all, they're always against me, or I always fail, or I, I'm always being treated unfairly. And, and I, I just have this little quote here, which I encourage you to remember, is always and never should really be taken out of your vocabulary, because seldom is anything always or never except regarding God. So, assuming 
gets us stuck. Another time that, that I get stuck is when I make plans without prayer. It's when I am working on the future and I don't talk or listen to God. And I used to make this one a lot more than I do now. But, but it's dangerous and it's, it's not very pleasant. And I've learned the hard way to pray before planning. But when we begin to make all these grandiose plans and we start moving forward with a job or a relationship or maybe a major financial commitment or a business move or a purchase or or even moving your life, and you didn't put God in the picture up front, things can really mess up. And if you leave God out of your future plans, what happens is is then we're calling ourselves followers of Jesus, but we're leaving him out of the plan to lead us to that next place. So the truth is we're not really following Jesus. We're kind of just following our own hearts, and that gets us stuck. And another way that I can get stuck is when I procrastinate. I'm probably the only one around here that procrastinates, but I'll tell you, I do. I will procrastinate, and and, and there's a whole stack of stuff on my desk. I should just rename it the procrastination pile because it's right there. And, and, and it's that thing of, well, I'll do this tomorrow, or I'll do this next week, or, or here's, here's one, and you've probably done this. I've caught myself doing it already. In 2015, I'm going to do that. But see, perfect timing never really arrives. It's, and, and my encouragement there is to quit waiting. This, we, sometimes we use this word someday. Someday I'm going to, and, and I've, I've, that's another one of those words I try to remove from my, from my vocabulary because if we're saying someday, you're not going to get around to it ever because someday is not a day of the week. And, and so I'm learning even myself. I'm training myself, do it now, don't save it for later. And some of you, you're stuck today. You're stuck because you're procrastinating. And so the big question is, are you stuck and where are you stuck? And do you want to get unstuck regarding your future? Now, remember the definition that we've used in this series up to this point regarding being stuck in your family or your faith or your friendships or or with your work situation or your finance? We've used this definition, and here it is. The definition for getting unstuck is moving forward in my life because I'm willing to give God complete control. And, I, and we've been focusing on those last words, give God complete control. And I, I emphasize that again today. But today, in this last message, I want to take us back to those first two words, which is moving forward as we give God complete control. And that really helps us to get into our future. Now, there's a story in the Bible of this man who was stuck regarding his future, and, and it's commonly called the parable of the prodigal son. This is a story that Jesus told to illustrate how God works and how life happens to us and, and decisions that, and, and how, how there are consequences, but again, how God works in our lives. And, and so in Luke chapter 15, this is, the, this is where the story is found. It begins in verse 11. I'd love for you to follow along with me during the message today as I go through this story. But this is a story that, that Jesus told about a guy who found himself stuck. Now, it starts off like this in verse 11. It says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. In, in this young man's perspective, everything looked good because he came from a wealthy family. He had this inheritance. He had this money, this property, this estate coming, and, and, and he 
worked out a deal with his dad to get his portion of it early, and he got it. I mean, it sounds like a good way to set, up, set yourself up for your future. Might as well go ahead and get the inheritance today. I mean, some of you, you're waiting for an old relative to pass away so you can get part of your inheritance. It's like, what if you could just go in there and go ahead and get it now? But that's, that's really what it is. I know that none of you would ever think that way. But this is, this, is, this is what he was doing. And this is his dad that he was wanting the inheritance from. But he took it and he went off to get his own life going. He had big plans and he was set for some smooth sailing. I mean, who wouldn't think that getting a big inheritance allows for some smooth sailing. Well, that's how he started moving forward. And some of you guys, you really, you're in the same boat. And life looks good, or maybe life looked good, and things are kind of moving forward, but now it's not looking so good. And in fact, it's kind of turned miserable, and now you're stuck. And the future that you dreamed about and that you imagined, and you're looking at it now saying, that's just a total joke. I am now stuck. And really, that's what happened to this man. So the first thing that you need to do to getting out of being stuck is simply this, is admit that you're stuck. I need to admit I'm stuck. And that's being humble. That's, that's recognizing and that's admitting that you're, you're stuck. And you just don't water it down. Don't say, well, it's just a little phase I'm going through. I mean, be honest. Say, I have a problem. I have a problem, and I need to deal with my problem. That right there is 50% of it if you'll admit it. Then you can begin to put a plan together to move forward. Like what I shared with you today, move forward. And really that's what happened in the story. It's kind of interesting because we see this again in Luke 15, how the story goes on. It says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after you'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that country. So, in other words, there was a financial collapse. There was a, there was a recession or a depression. Things financially turned. And it said that, that there was a famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. In other words, the pigs were eating better than him. And he was looking at the pig food thinking, I want some of that. And just think of how desperate the guy was. The future that he had dreamed about, everything had turned. But here's what's amazing. That's all bad. That's terrible. But, but oh, here's the thing I want you to catch today. It says, when he came to his senses. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. See, he had this aha moment. He came to his senses, and and, and this is what I, I am encouraging you to do. And he said it out loud. He just said, I mean, it's in quotes, hey, I'm starving to death. I am stuck. You know, there are a couple of reasons why we get stuck, and, and one is sin, and the other is circumstances. And as I was thinking about this, really those are the only two big reasons why we tend to get stuck in life, sin and circumstances. And, and when we choose sin, we're actually choosing our way instead of God's way. It, it separates us from God's best and builds this wall between us and between God. And when there's sin present in your life right now, that it will always cause uncertainty about your future and will get you stuck. So your present choices are actually affecting your future. That's how sin works. So my encouragement here with, with you on this is don't deny your sin. Don't ignore your sin. Just get that sin extracted from your life. 
And part of my question for you today is what sin are you holding on to that is keeping you from moving forward? What sin is keeping you stuck? And then there's also just life's circumstances. And life is not fair. It's, come on, it's not fair. And sometimes life is not fair and you're just stuck. I mean, my son, my son Devin, he was working at the Galleria and he was working at an event out there and, and he was in one of the elevators at his job and working and, and he, he was telling me that, that they, were, they were going up in the elevator and all of a sudden the elevator just stopped and they were stuck and, and the buttons didn't work and nothing worked and the door on the inside opened up, the door, nothing would open on the outside and so they started banging and trying to open the doors and screaming and yelling and and forcing, you know, just nothing worked, nothing worked. And, and, and he looked at the other guy that he was with and said, we're stuck. I mean, what do you do? That's, that's, a, that's one of those, those things that I just, I would hate to happen. You're stuck in an elevator, and you're screaming and yelling, and nobody knows you're there. And they, they, they could, I said, well, what happened? Tell me the whole story of what happened. He goes, well, then after all the screaming and yelling and banging and trying to get out and bust out, then we realized, we have cell phones. <laughs> so <laughs> he used a cell phone, and finally they were rescued. But, but maybe, but that's a circumstance. Maybe there's a circumstance that has you just stuck. A change in your financial status or a relationship breakup or a job loss or a business failure and the loss of a loved one or an illness. Circumstances happen, and God never promised that life would be perfect or life would be easy. And circumstances quite often make us feel stuck. But regardless of whether you caused it yourself or it just happened, come to your senses like that young man did and admit, hey, I'm stuck. And then another thing you need to do to get unstuck is to remember God's faithfulness. This is where you just do this. You just simply look back and say, hey, I remember when God took care of me in the past. I remember where God came through for me. And really, that's what the young man did in this story. It says, it says when he came to his senses, he remembered and said this. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And I'm starving to death. So, at the same moment, when he came to his senses, he began to think back, and he admitted it, and he, he, he remembered that the hired people, the servants in the house, they had more than enough food. They had leftovers, and he had nothing. So he, what he was remembering here is, I remember the faithfulness of my father. My, my father was good to the lowest of the servants, and and and. I remember God has been good to me, or Dad has been good to me. And in this picture, this parable, it's a story of the dad being like God. And, and that's when he came to his senses, and he realized, hey, I remember some good times. It's not, it doesn't have to be all bad. You, know, you have uncertainty and fear and anxiety, and if you do, you might be listening to the wrong voices. And one of the things I encourage you to do is to begin to shift your thoughts from the current mess that you're in and consider how God has come through for you in the past, maybe in completely, totally different situations. But God miraculously provided for you. God healed you, God intervened, and that pesky person got transferred out and, and, and a miracle just came through for you. Those things happen. I'll just tell you a little story here which helps me. 
even as, as, we're, as we're getting our church going and, and, and moving forward, this, we, we have bills to pay, and, 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 uh, and, and taxes is one of those. It's just, it's just taxes. Being downtown means you get to pay taxes. You're like, yeah, I know we're a not-for-profit, but, but there's, there are taxes involved, and so we have to work around all that and pay those taxes, and they're not easy to pay, it's, especially when you're a new church. And, and, and this last Sunday, this last Sunday, I, I knew that, we had a tax bill that I needed to pay at a certain point, and I needed to pay it by Sunday night at midnight. I could pay it online, and if, if I could, then, whew, you know, I wouldn't have to pay any penalties or fees, and I really wanted to, and I prayed about it. I didn't tell anyone, I, but I just prayed about it, and I calculated how much cash we actually had to have. We actually had to have a certain amount of cash, little cash, come in in our offering on Sunday that could be deposited into an ATM by our, by our accounting team and, and put into the bank so that I could then go online and, and, and uh, pay the bill. And, and I'm telling you, that cash amount was exorbitant. It was huge. It was about three times more than we've ever received in cash in our church, ever, ever. So, so it was one of those huge things. But I just thought, God, God, come on. You know, you've been faithful in the past. I'm needing you to be faithful again. God, you, you provided me with, with the little things that I've needed in some of my most desperate times. God, I'm asking you to provide for us in this time. God, please, please, just, we just need this cash to come in this offering. And, and a huge cash offering actually came in last Sunday just almost exactly, just a little bit over what we needed to be deposited into the bank through an ATM, I got online and I very happily smiled as I paid our county taxes for our building. And that just made my day. And it, and it, was, it was such a high moment for me because I could see God's coming through for City Life Center. God just showed me yet again, yet again, I'm, I'm working with you here. We've got some good plans going and I'm going to take care of you. And so now, now I have another mission memory to rely on. I can remember, and I'll be able to go back to the day when we needed X number of dollars in cash to come in in an offering, and I prayed for it, and it, it happened. Now, I, did my prayers make it happen? Well, actually, I think so. I think so, because I didn't even tell anyone else to pray, and just my faith of praying and believing, it happened. So don't listen to those, 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 those uh, thoughts or those voices of uncertainty and worry and doubt, because I love what Moses said. He said this. He said, he said, know this. I like that. He, he's, he's being commanding here. Know this. If there's anything I want you to know, know this. God, your God, is God indeed and a God you can depend on. Some of you, again, that's your scripture for today. You need to take a picture of it. You need to put that and make that your, your, the, the, the wallpaper on your computer or something or text it to yourself every day for the next month. This is true. God is God. He's God indeed. And he's a God you can depend on. He keeps his promises and he lavishes his love on you. And he's steady and he's consistent. He's never going to leave you. He's going to meet your needs. He's going to give you life to the full. He's going to guide you. And he's going to provide you a home in heaven for eternity. Now, that's pretty awesome. So think now about how God really works as you're on your way to getting unstuck. And another thing you should do is to ask God for direction. Move past the thinking and start the doing. I mean, some of you, God clearly directed you recently to take a step. And for some reason, you're still waiting it's like the young man in the story after coming to his senses and realizing that, that wait a minute, the Father is good to me. And, and then all of a sudden we see this next verse where there's a lot of verbs because all of a sudden he moves past thinking to taking action. Look at this. This is like one of the most verb-filled uh, sentences that, that you could find in the Bible. I will set 
out and go back to my father. So he got up and went to his father. There's a lot of action involved there. I mean, how how do you translate that for you? It's this, get up and go. Now, I'm, I'm thinking about this. He probably didn't have the right clothes, and he didn't have extra supplies for his journey, for sure. Uh, he probably didn't have enough water bottles for the trip, and, and there was probably some rain going on, but, and timing was bad. It was the holiday time, but it, it's just like he didn't care. He got up and started moving because he took action. And see, we come up with a million crazy reasons why we don't get up and go. And this, my friend, is one of the big reasons why a lot of people who believe in God and follow Christ stay stuck. Because it's not imagine, it's, it's not an issue of God not giving direction. It's not that God didn't say anything or, or communicate anything to you, but it's us. It's like we're waiting. Like, well, what are we waiting for? And you really don't know. So you sit. It's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm learning about faith, or I'm needing to read a few more books about faith, or, or I've, I've even heard this. I, I want to run the dates through the Jewish calendar to see what the Jewish calendar would say about me moving forward and taking the right action. Or, I'm, or I need another clear directive from God. I, I'm, I'm hoping, like, in the morning if I walk outside and like the, all of a sudden there are 15 blooms on this particular plant, then I'll know. I mean, I mean, come on. That is lame. Don't be a lame-o. I mean, Jesus, his own brother, he stated it this way. He said, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith is a, it's a corpse unless you actually get up and go. You know, for, for some of you, like being finding a church and being a part of a church, you've thought about knowing more about city life and and you've thought about being a part, and 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 uh, and you felt like, yeah, you know, this is what I want to do, and 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 you you like the thought of it, and and you think about it, and and you've been thinking about coming to the partnership lunch, you've considered coming to the partnership lunch. Well, then why not just go, just 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 go today? That's just a little example of how it can work for you today regarding relationships. I mean, it's only an hour or less, and you're going to eat lunch anyway. In fact, in fact, uh, I was thinking about this. If you go to a restaurant and, and leave here, go to a restaurant, wait in line, sit there, order food, and get all that, you're going to pay a big bill, and it's going to take you longer than it would actually if you just stayed right here and, and enjoyed lunch with us. But in reality, what we do is we make silly excuses, and God calls us to be people of action. So if you're stuck regarding your future and you know it and you've admitted it and you know that God is good and you know that God has great plans for you, then apply for that new job. Take action on that messed up relationship. Take that step that you just keep thinking about. Now, I I know what you're doing. You're thinking, well, after Christmas, no, no, no. Don't wait till after Christmas because then what will happen is you'll say, well, on January 1st, New Year's, no, 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 the, the truth is, then that, that will come, then it'll be January 2nd, and they'll say, well, when on MLK Day, Martin Luther King, that, that's going to be my day. Come on, come on. You know it's not true. So get your future unstuck today. And some of you, there's action you need to take. Some of you can actually take the action before you even leave this place. And to get your future unstuck, one of the biggest things you should do is to focus on eternity. There's a future that's out there that is nothing short of amazing for every one of us, because eternity will blow us away, and we don't even comprehend what it's going to be like. And God, listen to this, God himself is going to come into the clouds, and he's going to receive us, and he's going to take us to our eternal home, and that is nothing short of amazing. 
And in the story today, the young man, he experienced something just like that. It says, while he was a still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. I mean, sometimes we have this flawed perspective, and, and God wants us to see things with this eternal perspective. And when we begin to see things God's way, His way, we might begin to look around, and, and, and you might even be frustrated at, at what you perceive as a lack of forward motion, but you don't even realize you're actually soaring into your eternal future, but you're just looking around going, well, I don't see anything changing around me. I'm doing all the right things, but nothing's happened yet. I mean, that's kind of like an international overnight flight. You guys flown internationally overnight, like like uh, you know, going across an ocean. Well, you get on the plane and it's a night and it's it's dark and 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 you, all all night long it's just those same people and sometimes they smell and there's just these people. It's like well, you're looking around and you look out the window and there's nothing down there. It's just black. It's just dark. There's no lights and 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 you you hear noise and and then they come and serve you a cookie that you would never eat anywhere else unless they serve it to you and and uh, on a plane and and you're just oh it's just so so terrible and you're th- and you could think this am I really going anywhere? Is this just a bad dream? Did I do all of this just to get into this little box and I'm still sitting here? And You see, the truth is you have the wrong perspective because in the morning when you open that little shade, bam, you're in Italy. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's what God wants you to know. God wants you to know that you do have a future. You do have a hope. Quit paying attention to every little thing around you thinking, oh, it's not all working out the way I want it because God's taking you somewhere. And I'm telling you guys, it's going to be a whole lot better than Italy. It's going to be amazing. Finally, to get our future unstuck, we need to replace our thoughts with God's thoughts, simply changing our way of thinking. God's not out to get you. He's not against you. God's for you. You might think, well, I don't even deserve anything from God. I, 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 I don't even think I have any value to him, and, and God thinks I'm a loser. And what I encourage you to do is to replace those thoughts with God's thoughts. Take a look at what happened here to the young man in today's story. It says, the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. That was his thoughts. You see, his thoughts. I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. Look how bad I am. But then look what, look what happened here. It says, but the father said... See, God's perspective is more important than our perspective because we beat ourselves up way too often. The father said to the servants, quick, hurry, get this thing going. Put the best robe on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. So they began to celebrate. They threw a party because God is a God of celebration. He's a God of joy and awesomeness. And he loves you and he cares about you. And and what we need to do is begin to think the way he thinks. That's why Paul said these words. He said, be transformed. The way we transform is we actually transform ourselves by renewing our minds. Renew your mind. And then when you get when you start thinking right, look at this, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. A, a big question that most people have in life is I just need to know God's will. And God, and here's the key to it right here. It's change the way you're thinking. Change, and that's what this whole message has been about. Change the way 
your thinking. And then you're going to know what is good and is pleasing and is perfect will is. God loves you. He has a plan for you. God has eternity for you. God's not forgotten about you. First of all, I just encourage you to make eternity yours. Maybe your relationship with God is fractured because of a sin that's in your life. But today's the day to jettison that, to get rid of it, to have it forgiven as if it were never there. Some of you, you're, you're stuck regarding your future because of your ways of thinking. And today is the day where you need to make the decisions to take action and change and watch what's going to happen. I'm going to pray right now. And as we pray, I'm going to ask you to be responsive to what God is saying. And if you're, so I just encourage you to lock yourself in with God and say, God, what are you saying to me? God, God, what are you saying to me that I need to take specific action? Yeah, just lock yourself in with God right now. If you don't know Jesus, and if, if there's sin in your life that needs to be forgiven, then I encourage you to get that sin forgiven before you leave this room today. In fact, the best way to do that is to say, Pastor, that's me, and I want you to pray with me. And I'll just lift your hand, and I'm, I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. As I'm praying this prayer, you and others will pray it with me, and, and we're going to agree that sin is going to get out of your life. It's going to open up that right relationship between you and God. And how many of you, there's, there's sin in your life, there's things that are just not right between you and God, and you want to get rid of it. You need to give your life to Jesus today. Would you just lift your hand for me? Just lift your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. Thanks. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, too. Anyone else? You can put your hands down. prayer. Two of you who lifted your hands, I want you to pray this with me, but I'm asking all of us to even pray it together as an affirmation of our faith in God. Pray these words with me. Jesus, I know that I've sinned, and I'm very imperfect, and I need your help. Would you forgive me of my sin? Cleanse me and make me new. Wash me so that I can be pure. I receive you into my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we're continuing as we're continuing in this attitude of prayer, I want to also pray for those of you who against a wall and you don't feel like you can bust through that wall for your future. I'm going to pray that that God gives you a clear pathway of, of transforming the way that you think and the actions that you need to take to bust into that bright future. How many of you will say, that's me, I, I feel kind of stuck right now and I, I really need to move forward. You'll be honest with me, come on, just, just lift your hand, I'm, I'm stuck, there's, there's some stuck stuff going on, yeah, a lot of y'all, a lot of you, a lot of you, I'm stuck. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. And I, I saw your hands go up. And so, so I'm praying for you. Your faces are in my mind right now. Jesus, I pray for a release of your grace and your strength. And, and even for, for new focus and clarity for each person who's heard this message today. I ask for you to help us to change, to renew our minds to not only 
hear from you, but to think like you think and to take action on those thoughts and those things that are in our hearts. God, I I pray for boldness. I pray for clarity. I pray for wisdom. God, I pray for confidence and faith. God, the faith is accompanied with action. That that we're not going to be stuck anymore. We're going to move forward into this future that you've called us into. We're not going to be afraid, worrying, well, is it really going to take us there? But we're going to lean into you and trust in you, just like Solomon said. And you're going to make our Texas farm to market turn into an auto market. So God, let it be in our homes, in our lives, in our businesses, in our families, in Jesus' name.